Hello, everyone, and welcome to this sports short edition of the Secret Origins of Mint Condition. I am James, and with me is Joe. Scorecard, scorecard, get your scorecards here. <laughs> and Chris? Comfortably sitting at the sports desk. That's it. We're, I forgot. Yes, it's I still, it's still smells, sports desk. It smells new. It's great. <laughs> yes, the, the new sports desk we're sitting at. Um, we're, again, bringing you these uh, weekly little sports shorts just because uh, – Usually when we wait, we have so much information that becomes an epic long podcast. So hopefully some of this, um, you know, makes our, when we have a longer sports episode, not as long and also gives Chris and Joe a chance to just vent any thoughts and feelings that they might have. Or if I, if I have any, um, I don't have any sports shorts for today, but Joe, I know you came to the desk with some, uh, some thoughts. So I'm going to turn it to you first. Well, a couple of things, James. Uh, thank you. I, um, just learned today, uh, via WFAN in New York that, uh, a couple of new rule changes for this season. Um, first of all, I don't know if we mentioned this on the last ball short, but the uh, the ghost runner is back. They're going to be using the ghost runner at the top of the tenth inning uh, when games go into um, extra innings. So I'm not too happy with that, but okay, the ghost runner is back. But now we have something that they they pioneered, and I think in the minors last year, and uh, the manager can lose his DH if he removes a starting pitcher before uh, that starting pitcher completes five innings, because you need to complete five innings and leave with a lead to, to garner a win. So that's interesting. So there's uh, it's rare when you lose your DH. It does happen. But now that we have universal DH, uh, managers are going to have to start thinking about leaving the starting pitcher in longer. And I think that's a good thing for baseball, although I don't know if that's a good thing this year with the shortened spring training and guys may not have their arms stretched out. So that could lead to some injuries. So I, you know, I think early in the season, if Aaron Boone has to take somebody out, even with a lead before the fifth inning, because his pitch count is too high, he will he will uh, gladly lose his DH uh, and uh, not lose his pitcher for the next start. So let's see how that works out. Okay, I can live with that. This other one, I need more clarification. I'm sorry I didn't get much more before this broadcast, but we now have a batter can advance to first base if any pitch is not caught in the air by the catcher. Okay, I think that's stupid. Now, that means you can basically steal first now. Uh, that's ridiculous. That's not baseball. To me, that's, um, you know, um, uh, a video game. I- I'm not crazy about that. Uh, I want to see how that looks. Uh, I mean, this is just uh, uh, beyond bonkers, I think. Um, you know, thank God Gary Sanchez is no longer catching for the Yankees. And he's over in Minnesota because he couldn't catch a ball that was thrown right down the middle of the plate half the time. I don't think this pertains to pass balls. I- I'm sure it doesn't pertain to that because it does say uh, – uh, a batter, you know, batter can advance to first base. Any pitch is not caught. So again, well, you know, does that mean pass ball? I hope not. <laughs> so I just wanted to throw that out there, guys, to see what you think about that, Chris and James. If you have any opinion about that. No, I can't. I can't say that I do. I mean, there's, there's so. Again, you know, we had sort of talked about this at, at just as postseason baseball was beginning last year. Is that I'm, I'm only just starting to learn the sport. Okay. And um and so it's it's interesting for me because I'm I'm coming in at a bit of a weird place as some of these rules changes are happening. And I say that because so for instance, uh, when I was at this gaming convention last weekend called Adepticon, um, I was playing this game, Star Wars X Wing, where it's the the different fighters in X Wing and they're little minis and you push them around the table. So I'm pushing plastic. Um, they just made a big a couple of big rules changes uh in, in what we're now calling X Wing two point five and uh 
And there are so many people who are complaining X-Wing is dead, X-Wing is dead. This is not the real X-Wing. There's even a group of people saying, well, we're only going to play the way X-Wing is meant to be played, the way it used to be played. And I'm over here going, I think that I think these changes are great. Like, I really, really enjoy this game. You know what I mean? Um, so for me, uh, you know, the, the it's not total overhaul type stuff, but it's one of those things where, like, I'll be watching baseball this season, and there's a good chance I find myself enjoying stuff. And since I don't really have a lot of basis for comparison – this is baseball in so far as I know it, if that makes right. any sense. No, so, makes sense. Yeah. So and, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see where we're at, but that's, that's why I can't really offer a lot of insight. Okay. And, and I, I agree that these rule changes, I think, I think most of these rule changes are needed to, to, uh, as they say, increase the pace of the game. You know, uh, it's not so much cutting down from a three and a half hour game time. It's, it's making the pace of the game, uh, swifter, uh, look uh, more, more, uh, putting more action into the game, getting more guys on base. Obviously, that's why some rules like the shift are going to end next year. So, uh, you know, I'm going to give these rules all. I will give them all a chance, and and, and we'll see what happens. Um, well, and there are also unintended consequences too, right? So yeah. there's a possibility that that might be the intention, but that might not be the outcome. So it's worth keeping an eye on. Yeah, no, it is. And yeah, you know, yeah. I just. I'm sorry, James. Go ahead. No, I was going to say I'm at the same mind as Chris. Like, since I don't really follow baseball, um, watching a game with these rules implemented, I don't know if I would notice a difference unless listening to the commentators or seeing what was going on in the field, they noticed a difference as a result of it. You know, um, mm. I don't think I would I would pick up on it. Uh, but to go to like Chris was saying, and you know, and you're you're touching on like, you know, there's unintended consequences, or you know, since Joe, since you know the game so well and you've been watching it and listening to it for so long, like obviously you're going to be more affected by it than someone like me coming in and watching casually, or someone like Chris who's coming in as as new to follow it. Um, it's going to, I guess, affect differently. Unless, I guess, the real tell is it doesn't affect the actual playing of baseball in terms of it was a good idea. Yeah, I don't want to be uh, again. I, don't, I think I've mentioned this before. I don't. I don't want to be uh, Clint Eastwood and Grant Torino. Get off my lawn. I don't. <laughs> You know, I'll get off my get off my diamonds, so to speak. Uh, I, I want to see what these changes uh, do to the game, because even I do sometimes sit down and watch a game and, oh, my God, what a slog. You know, if, if it's a pitcher's duel, I don't mind. There's no hitting. If it's a great pitcher's duel, if, if, if Garrett Cole is, is, uh, is, in, is uh, pitching against um, uh, Scherzer or, or the Mets or, or even better, uh, Jacob DeGrom, and they're both on the top of their game, you're, and it's one nothing the final score, you're going to get a great baseball game. You may not be happy with the outcome if your team loses, but you're getting a great baseball game. But it's those games where nothing is happening because there's nobody on base. A lot of these rules are, are trying to uh, institute more action in the game, put more action into the game, uh, a flow, a better flow of the game. So let's let's give them all a chance. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I could see that from my, I mean, I could see it. I don't necessarily, I, since I don't follow baseball, I can't say whether or not I agree with it. I don't have enough this, but I, I know just from like the sports I do follow, like there's a lot of people in the martial arts world and especially in the, in the jujitsu world who, who think that having a set, a ring and a time limit shouldn't be the way you really determine jujitsu because it should go until someone gets submitted. But mm -hmm. when you put a time constraint on it and you put it in a ring, now, like you, you, you know, if you, you obviously it's impractical to have a whole open arena where someone could roll around and they can keep fighting until like hours. Some of these things can go with high level masters. So, you know, to make the sport of jujitsu more exciting, especially in the context of MMA, you put it, you put it a ring, you put a time limit and, and it makes it exciting for the person watching it. And I, I guess like to your point, like, I guess they are trying to make the sport of baseball more, more exciting to the viewer. 
Yes, next year they will, they will institute the pitch clock for the, the pitcher. It's, I believe it's 20 seconds. It could be 24. I'm not sure. But you're, you're watching a game, and, and the bases are loaded, and the guy's on the on the mound basically picking his nose. Well, he can't do that because that would be a ball if he's on the rubber. But uh, throw the effing baseball. You're screaming at the screen. You know, you've you got to throw the baseball. And, and, and there's going to be a point next year where if he doesn't, it's a ball. And if it's ball four, that run's going to come in from third if the bases are loaded. So, uh, yes, uh, let, let's let's uh, give them all a chance. And uh, I understand why the baseball is doing this. I get it. And they're looking for new, uh, you know, uh, to bring in new fans, younger fans especially, who uh, like things quick. And uh, so here we go. Let's. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting roller coaster ride over the next few years with all these new baseball, all these new rules in baseball. <laughs> no. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, do you have any other updates, Joe, or another rule? Um. And no, that's it for now. The rules uh, uh, that I know of right now, but they could change because now they only need forty-five days to institute a new rule, and it has to pass the, uh, uh, you know, the ML, ML, Major League Baseball Players Association, or when the rule is, is uh, uh, instituted or posed. Uh, so uh, things could happen in, in mid-season this year. Yes. Some of these rules may go away if they don't like them. I, I, who knows? So <laughs> let's see what happens. Yeah. Sounds good, uh, Chris. You got any updates for this week? Sure. Well, uh, let's stick in the world of baseball for a second. Uh, I don't know how St. Louis is going to react to this, but Albert Pujols is back in St. Louis oh, for one year. Yeah. One year. Yeah, one year so, contract. That's ostensibly to end his career here where he started yeah. it. I like um, that. I actually like that. Too, Chris. I think, there are, I think there are a lot of people who do. I think there are a lot of St. Louisans who just sort of missed him when he left and were, were, were angry that he left because – it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to, to hate someone unless you love them. Right. So, um, so I think there are going to be, I think there are a lot of people who are happy to have him back, but, um, but I don't know about everybody else, but, uh, but we'll see. It was like a, it was a two and a half million dollar one year contract. And, uh, and it sounds like basically he'll be retiring here. So, um, so I think it's going to be, um, I think, you know, St. Louis is very much a baseball town, uh, oh, baseball number one, no, no doubt about it. And then close second is, is hockey. Um, but, uh, I think, you know, so every year, you know, people take off for opening day and they go and watch the game and it's, it's a, it's a big, big deal here, which I'm not, I'm not used to. I wasn't used to living in Port Washington and I wasn't used to it living in Buffalo, but, um, but it's a big deal here. So I think this season is going to be something really special for Cardinals fans who, who sort of get to say farewell to him, you know, um, so yeah, one of the greatest to ever play the game and he can DH this year because he, he had the DH in the national league. So oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. There you go. So, um, yes, that'll be, that'll be, that'll be interesting. Um, what do I have? Uh, the Rooney rule for the NFL. So, Uh, you know, uh, Joe, you and I have spoken about this a couple of times. mm -hmm. It's it's hard to get excited about some baseball, uh, football stuff, not just because the giants and the jets suck, but because (laughs) the NFL makes it so hard to like them, even when we're trying to right? um, so, so scandal stuff aside and, and the problems with the Rooney rule aside, um, did you did you hear about the changes they've made to the Rooney Rule? I didn't hear them all yet. No. Okay. Right, Chris. So there are a bunch of them, but but of note uh, is that the Rooney Rule now includes women. Ah. And I think that's, I think that's terrific. I do. Except there's part of me that can't help but look at this and go, oh, I see. So you're going to group women together with people of color so you can sort of screw them all over <laughs> when it comes to coaching <laughs> and interviews. Yeah. Um, because the Rooney rule states that when you have a coaching position, a vacant coaching position and you're interviewing, you have to interview at least two, I think the phrase they use is two minority candidates. Mm -hmm. Um, but women were never included in that, you know? So now there's this weird 
weird space that I, I that that I uh, cynically think they're creating, wherein um, now you're you're throwing white women in together with black men, in together with like black women or Asian American women. And there's so many different levels of acceptance and discrimination at each of those stops that throwing them together in one big group doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Sounds like pandering, right? Uh, well, and also women are women are in a minority. There's more women on this planet than men. So, you know, just in the face of that. But it just sounds like they're they're reactionary to what happened, especially with the Giants this year. And, right. Uh, and, and, and it doesn't sound like it's coming from the heart. Let's put it that way. That's it. And that's my problem. It's, to me, it's not that it sounds like pandering. It sounds disingenuous. Yes. Right. And so I think that's the problem I run into. And, and also, uh, you know, honestly, and I know there are a lot of people who disagree with this, but I would argue that they should really have two separate sections of the Rooney rule. One saying you have to interview this many women, one saying this, you have to interview this many uh, men of color, and one saying you have to interview this many women of color. I really yeah. think you need to start breaking it down more because when you put, when you group everybody but white men together in one group, and that's what they're doing, right? Because now yeah. it's all people of color and women. Mm-hmm. So everybody but white men are now covered in, under the Rooney rule. I just think that it's a disingenuous attempt to to uh, deal with some of the backlash. Um, but also, I, I don't know that it necessarily goes anywhere. I will say that one thing, so that's the more cynical side. I think it's good that women are getting a better look in the NFL. I think yes. they should. There are so many female coaches out there working at like the lower levels of the sport that really should have an opportunity for upward mobility. Um, you know, so I want to see it, but the cynical side of me is going, okay, well, I, I don't know what it does for you for the Rooney rule to include women. Because that's just two more, that's just another group of people you can ignore when you set up sham interviews with them. Again, shame on you, New York Giants. Yeah, exactly. Um, there is one thing that I read that I'm interested in, but I but I want to see more details. And that's that all, th- all 32 NFL teams will hire a minority offensive assistant coach for the 2022 season. That is part of a series of policy enhancements that were announced earlier this week. Mm. I said we're recording on... Uh, on Tuesday, March 29th, um, to address the league's ongoing diversity efforts. Uh, these assistant coaches are going to be paid from a league-wide fund. Oh, okay. So, so what does that mean? Well, it means that, again, there's upside and there's downside, right? The upside is that you're not going to see coaches getting screwed out of money because the Washington commanders say, we only have X amount available for this position because we didn't budget for this position and we don't want to pay them so they can come in as an intern. Um, you know, that's just one team I picked. They didn't say that. I'm not quoting them. Right. I will say that Dan Snyder's history absolutely gives me every reason to believe, oh, no, he would totally say that. <laughs> um, and he's not the only one either, but Dan Snyder's just scum. So, uh, you know, I will... I will say that that's there's some upside there. The downside, of course, is that some of these coaches aren't going to be paid what they're worth, right? Because the league can say, hey, isn't it enough that we're setting a seat at the table for you? This is how much you get paid. We can't do any more because, uh, you know, it's a league-wide fund. Everybody gets paid the same. Like, there's, there's, so there's, there are concerns that I have about the way they're setting it up. The reasoning behind some of it is sound, which is that we're seeing defensive coaches – uh, of of in minorities, um, people of color, coaches of color, we're seeing them come up from the defensive ranks 
but we're not really seeing them come up through the offensive ranks. Mm -hmm. I'm not entirely certain why that is. The only thing that I can think of, and this is me me spitballing a little bit based on my experience with the NFL, because we run into it with the quarterback position. We always run into it with the quarterback position. There are two types of quarterbacks, stereotypically, when, when people are talking about the NFL. Oftentimes you're talking about the the athletic quarterback, the hybrid quarterback, the guy who can run but also throw. Usually they're saying it's a black quarterback. That's usually what they're referencing. Um, and then you've got the the quarterbacks who are, you know, really cerebral. Those are almost always the white quarterbacks. The pocket passes. And things have gotten somewhat better in that regard, but that's generally how we see them described by commentators, by writers. Um, it's a real, real problem, right? Because there was a question, you know, uh, and this, this goes all the way back to uh, Vince Young, you know, um, and I'm sure it goes back to Warren Moon too, but I, I remember it from discussions around Vince Young of like, well, you know, can that kind of a quarterback be successful? The coded language has always been, do you need a white guy quarterback? That's always been the coded language. And I know there are going to be counter arguments to that, but it is a hard disagree from me. I think the coded language is actually quite obvious. Um, And so because the quarterback is so key to success, it seems as though most organizations are much more comfortable having a white guy in charge of quarterback development so that they can develop in a, quote, more successful direction. Again, there may be people who disagree with me on this. I'm happy to take a look at your evidence, but this is the precedent that the NFL has set. Um, And and I think we've seen it often enough that it it becomes very, very difficult to disprove. So there's, there's part of me that's, that's excited about this effort. There's part of me that's excited to see uh, this, this requirement of all 32 teams as part of a, a, you know, these policy enhancements um, to address the league's ongoing diversity efforts. There's also the part of me that, like you said, Joe, you know, that it's disingenuous that they're coming from a, a place of, um, of of sort of nihilism, that they don't really care whether this works out or not. So the question really becomes, are they setting these these coaches up for success, these, these offensive assistant coaches? Are they setting them up for success or are they just doing the thing and saying, see, it didn't work? You know, hearkening back to a lot of things we've said about, for example, the comics industry. You know, we recorded an episode earlier in the day. We were talking about the comics industry. And um, and it's great if there are paper comics out there and doing free comic day. But you can't really claim that it is a success or not a success just based on the numbers you get back. Because what kind of a reach did you have? Mm-hmm. Right. So I feel the same way here is that I think that these are steps in the right direction, but only if they are supported in the spirit of the thing being done. So I don't think you can do one season and go, you know what? It just didn't work. Um, I think they're, I think they really need to actually make the effort to determine whether or not this is, this is something that's going to work. Um, yes, I agree. So, you know, could be interesting, could just be more, more, um, you know, more, more uh, disingenuous initiatives from the NFL, but I'm really hoping it's the former. I don't know why. I'm so used to it being the latter, but um, but that's the NFL from me. Joe, do you have anything on the NFL? Uh, no, I do not. I, my, my focus has been baseball. You know, we're uh, uh, just, what, nine days away from opening day. So. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. so. Um, to that end, I will say that we are now about a month out from hockey playoffs. Uh, most teams have um, less than 20 games 
left to play. In fact, I, I think at this point, everybody has fewer than 20, even the Islanders are caught up more or less now and, and have less than 20 games to play. So the Eastern Conference playoff teams, they're set. They are. They're set. Um, you've got Florida, Tampa Bay, and Toronto are leading the Atlantic Division. You've got Carolina, Pittsburgh, and the New York Rangers leading the Metropolitan Division. There's still meaningful hockey to be played, but um, excuse me, most of that is seeding, and most of it's not in the East. You've got Boston with 87 points and Washington with 84 points as of recording. Um, they're in the wild card spots. And then you've got the Columbus Blue Jackets with 69 points, okay? And everybody below them, the New York Islanders, Detroit, Buffalo, Philly, New Jersey Devils, Ottawa, Montreal. Um, there's just there's almost no way they catch up. They've got, you know, they've got something like uh I want to say so looking at Columbus, the Columbus Blue Jackets right now, who are in the lead with 69 points. Uh, and when I say the lead, I mean for the final um if they were gonna catch. Washington in the final wild card spot. They've got 69 points to Washington's 84. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets still have, it looks like, uh, 14 games left left to play. Um, so even if they maxed out, that'll get them 28 points. Mm-hmm. All right. That'll get them 28 points. So 28 plus 69, that's going to go ahead and, and get us to 97. So you have to hope that Washington just doesn't score any more points, and that's not going to happen. So the Eastern Conference is pretty well set in terms of who's going to the playoffs. Uh, the Rangers at this point are, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, are a lock. Um, they are, you know, they're so far ahead of Columbus that they would need to lose out, and, and Columbus would need to win out for the month of April, and that's just not going to happen. Um, things, in my opinion, get much more interesting in the West. Um, you've got Colorado, Minnesota, and St. Louis. Uh, Minnesota has overtaken St. Louis, and so St. Louis, I think, is getting a little nervous. The Blues are getting – they need to play a little bit tighter, some better hockey going to this final stretch here. Um, I don't think there's a ton to worry about. They just sort of need to show up. Um, but they are leading in the Central Division. You've got Calgary, uh, the LA Kings, and Edmonton. And and this is huge for Edmonton, and I'll, I'll get – to why in a minute here, but um, but they're in the they're leading the Pacific Division. Then you've got Nashville and Vegas Golden Knights uh, trailing in the wild card spots. For Edmonton, this is huge because they have a powerhouse team. They've got goal scorers who can who can do whatever they want. Their their issue all season has been goaltending, and so the question really becomes whether or not they can they can actually. We weren't sure they'd even make the playoffs, and now they're sitting at seventy nine points. Now that is not a lock. Okay, there are plenty of teams right behind them. Um, so, so there's a lot that can, that can still happen here. Um, so for example, Edmonton is at 79 points. Vegas is at 76. Now Vegas is their, their star is, is on a downward trajectory. There's a good chance they don't make the playoffs. Um, but there's still only three points behind Edmonton and Edmonton only has one game in hand. Vancouver is back there with 73 points. So there's definitely the possibility that Edmonton gets, gets pushed into, a wild card position. And if that happens, now they've got a problem because Nashville has 80 points and Dallas has 75. Winnipeg has 74. Winnipeg, their math isn't great, um, but Dallas is on the rise. So I think there's a lot that can happen in the West. So it's worth watching Western Conference hockey. I know on the East Coast, you have to stay up a little bit later, but there's a lot of exciting stuff happening. 
Um, and this is also f- for a lot of these teams, it's make or break. Hey, we have to make the playoffs. Edmonton is one of those teams. We have to make the playoffs. Um, Dallas is one of those teams that sort of falls. Winnipeg uh, would like to make the playoffs, but they they just made a coaching change this season. So I don't think they're expecting to. Vancouver uh, is is really, really fun to watch. So there's, there's a lot happening in the Western Conference, but the Eastern Conference teams are pretty much set. So if you're a hockey fan and you're a Rangers fan, you can be very, very confident in uh, the, the moves you made at the trade deadline and uh, very, very happy to know that you're going to be going to the playoffs this year. Good. Nice, Chris. That was, yeah, that was very nice, Chris. Excellent. Uh, so is there any other sports short news for this week? Well, I guess we want to congratulate. Even though they win, uh, they, they lost to UNC the other night. Let's congratulate St. Peter's for their fine run in, in, in the uh, in the NCAA. Uh, so they did lose to UNC. I, didn't, I, didn't, yeah. I did not see that. Yeah. So uh, it was. It was. No, they knocked off some powerhouse teams. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. You know, so um, I, you know, we got to let's give them props. It's a you know, it's a local team, so obviously garnered a lot of uh, uh, you know, uh, interest here in, in the in metropolitan area. So once again, uh, kudos to the Peacocks. And I will say too, uh, I was this will this will inform certainly basketball coming up, and I'm pretty disappointed to see it. But uh, Kiri Irving is going to be able to play in New Jersey again. Yes, yeah, um, back wasn't too good. <laughs> no, no. The uh, the so the the mayor of New York has decided that uh, athletes and celebrities don't have to be vaccinated. Right. And that's the most ludicrous thing that I've heard. It's not based on any sort of science. It's basically just just basically bowing to political pressure uh, right. from the Yankees, the Mets, and the Nets. And mm-hmm. and that could not make me more more angry to see that happen. And I, and I heard what he, I read what he said anyway, which is that some of us have a bigger impact on the economy than others. And that's, that's while that's objectively true, that is, forgive me, that's bullshit in this context. Um, You're bound to political pressure. That's what you're doing. I think uh, I'm sure the Nets applied that political pressure by themselves. It wasn't enough, but once you add in the Yankees and the Mets, it's a done deal. Stevie Cohen wrote a big check. Yeah. That's, so yeah, that's that was the uh, probably the tipping point. Yeah. So that was that was incredibly disappointing to see, but it'll certainly impact uh, basketball going forward. It'll be interesting to see what happens though when the uh, when the Yankees go up to Toronto. Uh, what is it? How many games out of the season? Uh, uh, and- Nineteen. It's going to change next year. You're going to play less games in your division as of 2023. But right now, every team plays the uh, in their division. Uh, 18 to 19 games. So no, Canada games. Canada doesn't need to bow to that. So the Yankees might have a little bit of a tough time when they head up north. Well, anybody, any any team in the uh, you know south of Canada uh, is going to have a tough time uh, going if they're not fully vaccinated, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, no. But I'm thinking specifically the Yankees are going to see a lot of the Blue Jays. So. Oh yeah, yes they will, and the Blue Jays are going to be a good team this year. That's that's probably the best division in baseball. Again, um, you know, last year everybody won at least 91 games. And uh, the Blue Jays missed out. You know, they won 91, and the Yankees and the uh, Red Sox won 92. So the Blue Jays missed out by winning, uh, by losing, uh, you know, one more game. Yeah. And the two teams in front of them. And, of course, the uh, the uh, the, the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, uh, people, you know, they're just amazing what they do. And, and uh, really quick, um, I saw this the other day. Um, Max Scherzer signed with the Mets uh, for two years. For I think a total of eighty-five million dollars. That's forty-two and a half million dollars a year, right? So I'm watching a spring training game yesterday. The Yankees are playing. Was it the Pirates? And uh, the Pirate. You know what the Pirate uh, uh, payroll for the year, for this coming year is for 2022? Want to take a guess? Oh gosh. Uh, Keeping in mind that Max Scherzer makes forty-two million dollars this year alone playing pitching for the Mets every fifth day. 
Oh my gosh, was it was it like fifty five point five million? Try thirty seven million right now. Oh my gosh, Max okay, Scherzer. Max Scherzer is making seven million dollars more than the entire pirate team. Wow. So you know, um, as I said before, the more things uh, change, the more they stay the same. Yeah, no joke. So, yeah, it's uh, it's incredible. Uh, uh, it's just just incredible. No. Let's. Uh, Excellent today, gentlemen. Um, excellent sports short. Though I think we went, we were we're on our way to a full episode, but uh, we'll keep oh, it. Yeah. This let's, yeah, let's yeah hit that off ramp. Yeah. So uh, so uh, thank you for all the updates, uh, Chris, and thank you for all the updates, Joe. Um, mm-hmm. Always love having you guys at the sports desk. I mean, you guys are at the sports desk, so uh, thank you for being here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> love this desk. Yes. <laughs> Is that, is that loose light or is it, what is that top of that desk? It's like a loose sight in, you know, it's <laughs> transparent aluminum. <laughs> transparent aluminum. Transparent aluminum? Yeah. I've traveled millions of miles, thousands, thousands of miles. Yes. Don't bury yourself in the part. Yeah. <laughs> and our sports fans are wondering where that came from. Yes. Okay. They can check out the rest of the podcast and figure it out, yeah, all the other episodes we do. So thank you for the listener for tuning in for this little sport short today. Um, as always, if you could take the time to rate and review the show, and if you would like to interact with us, the uh, Facebook page, the Secret Origins of Mint Condition Gmail, you can email us there as well, and the Secret Origins MC Instagram account are there for you to take a look at. Uh, we appreciate you listening, and we will talk to you next time. Yeah.